is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I am so happy you're here. So before I introduce today's guest, I want to share with you my five habits for being happy. Number one, take care of yourself first. When you are constantly taking care of everyone else, it is critical that you take time to do something for yourself. And this may mean that you have to say no to somebody else. Number two, gratitude. Every morning, list everything you have to be grateful for. At any time during the day, you can press the reset button by focusing on all of your blessings and feel its loving embrace. It is the quickest way to shift your energy from negative to positive. Number three, forgiveness. Pay attention to your thoughts around every situation. If you're feeling anything but love, there is likely someone you need to forgive. Many times, we have to forgive ourselves as well. Remember, forgiving is all about setting you free from the negative feelings you're holding onto. Number four, shift your perspective. Your perspective is the lens in which you view the world. Your perspective becomes your perception, which turns into your beliefs. Then it influences your behavior, which ends up becoming your reality. Ask yourself, is there another way to see this situation? Most likely there is. And last, number five, trust with no expectations. Always trust that everything is going to work out exactly how it is supposed to. It always does. Just be sure not to attach any expectations to the outcome. Because worrying about anything does not serve you. Trust instead and let your life flow exactly how it is supposed to. For more information, please visit my website at sandyscarlotta.com. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Lynette Pottle. She is a life and business strategist, and she has this book called Small Steps, Big Shifts, 52 Simple Activities to Boost Your Happiness and Well-Being. She's a really great guest, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, Lynette. How are you today? It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yeah. (laughs) Doing well. So now where are you located again? I am in an area of Maine that's referred to the down east region. So I am in the very most eastern tip of the state. Oh, so you're near the water. I am. And it's a very beautiful and rural area. When I look across the bay, I'm looking at St. Andrews, New Brunswick, Canada, actually. Oh my gosh, that must be beautiful. It is, it is. Yeah, I, I've always wanted to visit Maine, just haven't haven't gotten around to it yet. But well, uh, look yeah. me up and we'll <laughs> we'll get you squared away. For sure, for sure. Now that my son's in college, it's a little bit easier. But then of course we had COVID. So now that things are opening back up, I hope to uh do some more traveling later this yeah. year. Yeah, because of, because of his age, we have to be careful about, you know, we can't really leave him alone in the house because, you know, he's a college kid and <laughs> there will be parties. And yes. <laughs> so now he's like, you don't trust me. I'm like, well, you have to show me that I can trust you. <laughs> All right. So Lynette, I want to hear about your story because I, I know that you're doing some really amazing things right now. I checked out your website 
and, and we're going to talk about all of that. But how did you get to where you are today? It was such a long, windy road. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all um, have those? <laughs> right? And I think that's one thing we can all connect on that basis is that journey looks different, but it's rarely a straight line for anybody. But for me, I did grow up here in Maine. I lived away for a number of years, but I, career-wise, I found myself in human resources after some turbulent personal times in my 20s. And I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm in HR too. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So, uh, so backing up a little bit. So I was a teen mom, went through some really rough times, six o'clock news kind of breakup went through being evicted from apartments and hounded by bill collectors. And so really my story has been one of rising from the ashes, but it was, you know, one small step at a time, one foot in front of the other. So finding my way to human resources was unexpected, but a beautiful, a beautiful thing because one of my personal strengths, character strengths is the love of learning. And in human resources, there's so much to learn. Two days are never alike. And so it allowed me to use my creativity, my connecting with people, wanting to make a difference, and, and love of learning. So that was great. And I had a long career in human resources, and, and it was amazing until it wasn't. Because what I found was I started to feel stagnant and brought in some additional things, got involved in the community, took on some leadership roles. And I am a mom of five, so a, a lot of things going on, but that I need to, that stimulation. But okay. I also, yeah. Hold on one second. Okay, <laughs> that right there, a mom of five, like just my head wants to explode because I'm a mom of one. And I can't even imagine having more. And I think when he was a toddler, his little boys are very, very active. And I was like, I can't do this again. <laughs> like, are they? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm, I'm one of five. So, you know, and, and I figured, you know what? I grew up one of five. If my son wants to have five kids, God bless him. But <laughs> anyway, go on. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a blended family. So I have two biological children and three bonus children. But it's interesting because their ages are such that I could have biologically given birth to them all. Oh, wow. We we have a, a sweet little family. So things were moving along and I had the best year of my career. I like really that precipice, you know, everything comes together, you're you're achieving, you're getting recognition, accomplishment, feeling satisfied and challenged. And then the bottom kind of fell out. And part of that was how I process things. <laughs> but part of it was that I went through a lot of like really big company changes at my work and volunteer work that I was doing. There were some things happening there that of a confidential nature, but it put a huge burden on me and I didn't have anyone to talk to. All of these things, it was kind of like the perfect storm. The bottom fell out and, was, and I had the worst year of my life. Traditionally, I would consider myself a pretty sunny, optimistic kind of person, even with the challenges of my life. But that year tested me hard. And I didn't like the person I was becoming. It was just so much negativity and it was sucking the life out of me. Mm. Yeah, and negativity will do that for sure. It does. Like pr 
prolonged negativity <laughs> um, only amplifies that. So I, I finally got to this place where I said, okay, I need to do something. I don't know what it is, but I need to do something. And I started thinking, I show up best for myself when I show up for other people. This I've come to know about myself. So what is it that I could do? And this was in 2010. And in the days here in rural Maine of dial-up internet <laughs> and at all of these things, like I have a, had a small circle of friends and acquaintances at that time where I live, there are 525 other people in the community. I mean, it's small town living, but I had this passion, desire, drive. I don't know exactly how to describe it. Some people would say it was a crazy notion but I decided that I was going to start something called Positivity Nation. I didn't know exactly what it would be, but I knew it would be a community of sorts. And I was not a social media person. So tech, like I knew nothing about tech, but here I go off to create this online adventure. And um, it's a, a really cool story that would span longer than we have time for today. But ultimately, grew an international online community before Facebook communities were a thing. And back in the days when if someone liked your Facebook page, they saw your post, right? Right. <laughs> um, but it grew to a community of about 16,000 people with uh, folks from all 50 states and over 100 countries. Wow. Focused on, the mission was really to create a worldwide epidemic of positivity and I turned it into a charitable kind of entity in that I had passion for youth. I had a lot of energy around gratitude and kindness. So there were a lot of projects and things that I did that way that led ultimately, which is a strange segue, but all of that work ultimately led me to what I'm doing today, which is, you know, I'm a, a trainer, a coach, an author and have my own business. And I didn't dream of that in 2010. I was simply trying to help other people and to help myself in the process. And that journey led me to being where I'm at today. Wow. So what was what was this online presence called that you had? Yeah, Positivity Nation. It was- Positivity uh, Nation. Okay. Yes. Is it still so, out there? It is not. I actually, in 2016, going into 2016, I decided that it was time for me to let go of that chapter. I had my online uh, persona at that point had become Positivity Lady, and it, <laughs> Love it, which is fun and it was wonderful. And then it, again, it was one of those things that over the course of time, it started to feel heavy because perceptions. Um, sometimes outside perceptions of positivity lady must be happy all the time and must be joyful and just beaming rainbows out of her eyeballs. And life happens for everyone, right? And it became a box that felt very confining. So I let go of that chapter and I actually handed the community over to a dear friend of mine that had been helping to administer the Facebook page over the years. And she still has that running today. It's called Positivity Oasis. 
Andrea Guerra, my friend Andrea, um, shows up there every single day. So it's it's a new iteration of what Positivity Nation started. Well, that's really great. That's really great. At least it's still going on. So I love what you said about how being Positivity Lady, you felt pressure. Not, you didn't say that, but that's how I interpreted yeah, it, right? That's exactly how it felt, yes. Yeah, and you know, my book is called Happiness Solved. And throughout it, I talk about, you know, life happens while we're busy making other plans. And it's okay to be angry. And I just say it all the time. And and when I'm talking to people, you know, posting things online or whatnot, it's like, I'm not perfect. And I, I, you know, I can be a hothead. I can lose my temper. (laughs) I can, because it's that, because I didn't want to write a book and act like, I'm this, you know, guru that never loses it. And, you know, that's just not realistic. And I got so tired of reading so many self-help books where they put themselves up on a pedestal and they think that they are bigger than life itself. And that, that I'm sorry, that's just not, that's not the case. It's not possible. We are human. We are going to feel emotions. It's part of who we are. So, yeah. Yeah. And and you know it's interesting there there weren't words for it then but today how I can articulate that what really resonates for me is when you um hear the term toxic positivity come up and for me what that looks like and feels like is it is the positive vibes only and I am still today a very optimistic sunny person and I experience a full range of emotions Exactly. And that's healthy. That's it's healthy. very healthy. Exactly. And just to add to that, you know, when you're feeling those emotions, it's it's how you react and what you do afterwards, right? If you don't sit in it. When I when yes. I am feeling anger, you know, I have a I, I feel it. I, you know, let myself go through it. You know, then I start practicing working on forgiveness. You know, I forgive myself you know, whatever the case may be, you know, and then you just shift into gratitude and, you know, shift your perspective. And yes, I just wanted to make, make a point of that because, you know, it's, it's okay to feel those emotions. It's just, don't let it ruin your peace and happiness for long periods of time. Right. I think that's the thing. It is about developing a toolkit of helping you to be able to cope with and, uh, you know, to identify, to raise your awareness of when things are happening and how you can make small shifts that can change how you're experiencing that. Exactly. I love it. That's, that's really awesome. So, so let's talk about your book. Which one? Let's talk about all of them. How many books have you written? (laughs) No, no, actually. So the first book that I was part of was a collaborative book, uh, which I'm very grateful for because I don't think I would have gone on to publish anything else if it hadn't been for that experience. And that was Success University for Women in Leadership, which was an amazing experience. There were 20 women globally that came together to collaborate on this project. So that was wonderful. And then in 2018, I released Small Steps, Big Impact, a year of simple actions to transform your life. And that book was it was seven years in the making. And actually, most of the contents in that book I had created when I was just new in Positivity Nation. I had um, a weekly article in the newspaper. 
And it was all of these steps, you know, simple things that you could do. And I'd gotten tremendous feedback about it. But back in those early days, I had a lot of limiting beliefs about all the reasons why I could never publish it. You know, I didn't know the people, I didn't have enough money, yada, yada, yada. And then in 2018, I was part of a a mastermind group and there was someone in the group that was working on a book and the leader had mentioned, you know, I, you can get this done in 30 days. And so we're all encouraging this woman to do it. And then the tables turned and it was like, you can do that too, Lynette. I was like, oh no, you know, (laughs) it's one thing to see that for someone else. It's, It's totally different to see it for yourself. So I was like, in my head, I'm saying, oh, you don't know what I got going on in my life. And all of the, you know, argue your limitations and sure enough, they'll be yours. You know, one of my favorite quotes. And the thing was, though, we got off the mastermind call and the conversation didn't go away. It just stuck with me. And it's like, okay, how could I? I may not be able to, in 30 days, create the book that I've been thinking about, but what could I do? And then I remembered about you know, all of these things that I'd done in the newspaper articles. And it's really kind of funny because I went to work trying to capture, it's like, where is this information? It was on an old laptop that I hadn't used literally for seven years, but I still had somehow miraculously. And just as divine intervention would have it, I recalled the password to get in. I retrieved the information, went to work, and it was a very quick process. It was less than it was less than 60 days from that conversation in the mastermind to when i actually was had published and launched the book wow so well, part of that you know a big piece of that is around is around mindset and asking the question how how could i do this <laughs> how could i do this and you know what had happened in those years is i'd met a lot of people my network had grown tremendously And even here in my small part of the world, I knew a very talented editor. I knew a tremendous book designer. I had all of the resources that I need. And self-publishing had really turned a corner, making this possible to happen in such a quick fashion. So it was really, it was really a, a magical kind of experience. With the first book we gained number one international bestseller status. I didn't even reach bestseller status with my book, but it was the whole process. It was truly the epitome of it's the journey, not the destination. I had so much fun and felt so much satisfaction from being able to do that. So that was wonderful. That's great. So let's go back to your limiting beliefs. What was that all about? (laughs) What was that all about? Well, it layers. Don't you find that, that there are so many different layers you peel? It's like an onion. You peel a layer, you find something else that you're up against. It's like, well, where does that come from? But I, my, as I alluded to earlier, my youth was not glamorous, (laughs) right? And even before the teen pregnancy, part of, I had an alcoholic stepfather who told me that I was no good and nobody would ever want me. And a lot of really harmful messages to to anyone, but certainly to an adolescent girl. And I carried that with me. I didn't realize that until many, many years later, but I carried that with me. And so poverty, the feeling of not being worthy, 
just never feeling like I was enough. So I would say that is like, if you want to get to the nitty gritty core, that's where every limiting belief that I had, that I held, and the ones that still show up today, I want to be clear about that. I've done a ton of work and I help other people do the work, but these things, it's not a one and done process. It's something, it's a continual work in process. 100%. I was just about to say, yeah, I mean, it's... (laughs) It's a it's a lifelong journey, and you never mm-hmm. we, we're never fully there. You know, it's something that you have to work on. And I know for me, I'm guessing for you too. It's you know things come up every single day, and it's like, wait a second, where'd that come from? I thought I got rid of that. <laughs> and it really shows up um, for me where I can most notice it. It's whenever I'm elevating. It's when I'm actively in that growth cycle that's when the limiting beliefs show up most brightly. Yes, I'm so glad you just said that because, you know, before we started recording the interview, you know, we talked just briefly. I have so much going on right now and I'm in that stage where Mm. I'm growing things. And it's like, I have to sit, put myself down every day and have a conversation with myself because it's it's real. It's real. And so for anybody out there listening, like, it's okay, don't beat yourself up, right? It's, it's, it's going to happen. And it's okay. I think it's important to normalize that. And sometimes it doesn't, especially in the self-help world, I have to say, sometimes it gets glazed over. So it's important to me, I'm very open and I talk about these things. And there was a period of time where I wouldn't have talked about it because I would have my self story would have been it would take away from my credibility. How could I help other people if I was still dealing with this crap myself? So it's an it's an evolution. It's an evolution. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And however, I think that as coaches, being vulnerable and and showing the people that you're working with that you've been there, you've done that you're human, you know? Yeah, you know, and and we walk the talk every single day. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, and I do believe coaching is one of those fields where learning techniques is important, but it is about the self-work. I mean, you need to be willing to do the work yourself um, before you can really lead people to have that same kind of transformation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I like what you said that this conversations like these need to be had. And I, I always think back to an experience. One of my very, very best friends, I actually dedicated my book to her. She oh. and I went to see Neil Donald Walsh live mm, at a nice. workshop. And it was incredible. And I have so much respect for that man. And I love his work. However, having said that, looking back on it now, because this was back in 2009, I think it was a, it was a while ago. Mm-hmm. He sat up almost it, it, his chair looked like a throne. Okay. <laughs> and and at the time I was like, "Oh my gosh." And now now, you know, these all these years later and and my journey and my life has certainly transformed unbelievably since that time, going through a lot of very difficult life changes and right. situations and there was like a major tragedy in there from 2013. And I think back to him and I'm like, he 
really kind of was coming off like he was God, right? Mm. <laughs> but I, I just wonder, I just wonder who who he really is because now I look back and I think I, I don't buy it. I mean, I love his material and I think it's incredible and I love what he says and they're, you know, not taking away from any of that. It's just, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is I just wish that more people would be more vulnerable and talk about, you know, who they are. And, you know, are you really experiencing that every day and you don't experience any negative emotions? I just, I just don't buy it. I guess that's what I'm saying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You can't be human and not experience all of the emotions. It truly goes back to that. Okay. Have you built up a strong enough toolkit that you can work through those emotions more constructively and more quickly but it doesn't eliminate them. Exactly. Exactly. Nor would you want it to, quite frankly. Heck no. No, 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 no. There's there's nothing like a good cry. And, you know, sometimes you have to get, you know, when you're dealing with, I'm just going to use your partner for as an example, because anytime mm-hmm. you're in a relationship like that, especially for a period of time, there's going to be some natural tension, whatever, right? right? And it's totally okay. It's just, you know, sometimes you need to get that out. You need to get it off your chest because if you're holding all of that stuff inside of you, it's just going to eat you up. And it, and it's okay to, to get it off your chest. But, you know, as we keep saying, it's, it's having those tools to what, what do you do with it from there? Absolutely. So, so talk a little bit more about some of the programs that you offer. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I do a lot of different things. Probably my, the offering that, gives me the most joy that I totally look forward to every year is I do an on-location retreat in St. Augustine, Florida. And we have a mastermind. It's an intimate group, small group of women. And I lead them through a process that at the end of six days that they really have a solid, actionable plan to catapult them into the new year. So rather than waiting to January to start thinking about what is it that you want, we start in November. And my approach and my belief system is that when you're doing the work with your business, let's say, you cannot do that effectively if you are not first also, you know, determining what you want your life to look like and what are the values and what are the things that are important to you and priorities in your life and setting goals around the personal side of your life. And then we build the business side around that rather than vice versa. And like your personal life, you get what's left over. That's not success in my frame of reference. Agree. So so that's what I help women do. That's my favorite thing. I I rent a beautiful home uh, that's right on the intercoastal waterway. And so it's very conducive to creativity and flow. It's just relaxing and it's um, the perfect setting for this type of work. So that's that's something that I really enjoy. But I do one-on-one coaching. I do speaking events, different things like that. That sounds great. I love I love the idea of that of that on-site retreat. So are you planning one for this year? In November, yes. Nice. Yes, it'll be the second week of November. I always like to do it at that point. What I have found consistently, and this will, I'm trying to think, maybe it's been five or six years, I've lost track, but consistently. So one of the things that we're doing in November is also taking a look at what are the messes and incompletes that we need to wrap up for this year and what are the things that we can do to really bring home 
achieving some of the goals that maybe we had let go of, things that we wanted to accomplish, but how can we double up efforts to make those things happen? So it, it serves in a lot of different ways. And and what happens consistently is that people are already achieving their first quarter goals before the end of the year. They've cleaned up their messes and incompletes. They've achieved, you know, put a bow on things that they thought that they wouldn't accomplish by the end of the year. It's an amazing process to see people Uh, what they do. I always consider, I'm really a facilitator. I'm a guide. What, where the real magic happens is when people decide to take action on the things that they learn. Yes. Right. Because it doesn't matter how much knowledge you hold. It doesn't matter. You can be the best teacher, trainer, coach in the world, but if the person working with you isn't, doesn't have the willingness or doesn't put action to the things they learn, it's really the value diminishes. (laughs) So the magic lies with the individual. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You have to do the work. Yes. Exactly. So is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience? Well, I think probably the most exciting thing in the immediate future is probably by the time this airs, my next book will have launched, which is another Small Steps Big Impact book. But this one is 52 Activities to Boost Your Happiness and Well-Being. That is anticipated um, to launch July 14th. So um, that will be available at all booksellers nationally and internationally. So I'm really excited uh, for this to to get out into the world, followed by a collaborative book that I'll be leading in the small steps theme uh, coming up right after that. So it's a, it's a really fun and exciting time right now. Really is. I love that. And 52 with for 52 weeks of the year. That's great. Yeah. So people can choose to do that. That's one of the things that I talk about at the opening of the book is There truly is no one, or it's very few things, there is any one right way to do it. There are many ways to accomplish the same thing. And so I offer up these 52, and some people may choose to do one a week. Some may choose to do the activities in order. Some may choose to shake things up. So it's all there for people to use in the way that feels best to them. Love it. That is fantastic. Now, where can people find out more information about you? Super simple. Um, My website is lanettepottle.com. So if you know my name, you can find my website and it's L-A-N-E-T-T-E-P-O-T-T-L-E. And I'm on social. Currently, I seem to be most active on Instagram, but my handle everywhere is at Lynette Pottle. I like to keep things simple. Exactly. <laughs> love it. Well, Lynette, thank you so much. I loved everything that you shared today. And it was so much great information for people. And I look forward to keeping in touch with you. It was a joy to be here. Thanks so much, Sandy. Thank you. Take care. What a great conversation that was with Lynette. And I hope that you learned some things because I really feel like it was, there was just some, some really valuable information there that I hope that you will take to heart and apply to your life. So you can learn more about Lynette at lynettepottle.com. Thank you so much for listening today. My book, Happiness Solved, Climbing 100 Steps is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. My website is sandyscarlotta.com. Please follow me on Instagram and Facebook. 
at Coach Sandy Scarlatta. And as always, I hope that you and your family stay healthy and safe and that your life is filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone. Bye.